Now, I think that since these Englishmen are willing to talk to us, we ought to hear what they have to say without quarreling about words. They claim to have mastered the art, I don't know whether it is their own invention, but no matter, of destroying bad or stupid people by turning them into good and sensible ones. Well, if this is true, why don't they use their new kind of destruction to abolish Valerie and make her intelligent, and after her, the rest of us? If you young people are frightened, I will offer myself to the slaughter, being an older man and ready to run risks. I give Mr. Sykes my permission to abolish me, boil me, do what he likes with me, provided that he turns me out a good man. I volunteer too. Why, I'd submit to skinning alive. These two have done that pretty well already. Provided that my skin is used to make me good. Dick thinks I'm angry with him, but it's not true. I merely contradicted him when he made an outrageous remark. You must not call contradiction insult, Dick. There are two different things. You speak as if there were such a thing as contradiction. Well, there cannot be any question of that. Do you maintain that there is no such thing? You cannot prove to me that you ever heard one man contradict another. <laughs> Perhaps not. But I can hear one now, me contradicting you. Will you defend that statement? Certainly. Is there a word for everything? Yes. Does the word say that the thing exists or that it does not exist? That it exists. Yes. You remember, Don, how we have just proved that no one can say that a thing does not exist, since clearly no one can say what is not there to say. Well, this does not stop either of us from contradicting the other. How could we? Suppose that both of us were describing the same thing then we should both be saying the same thing, surely? Yes. Or suppose that neither of us were speaking of this thing. Then neither of us would mention what we were talking about at all. True. Then suppose that I speak about the thing, and you about something else. Is this contradiction? Or if I speak about it, and you say nothing at all, how can a man be contradicted by silence? What does all this mean, Mr. Sykes? I have often heard this theory put forward by many different people, but I never cease to be bewildered by it. The existentialists make much of it, and it goes back long before them, of course. Yet it seems to me a dangerous weapon which can too easily be turned against its inventor. Perhaps you will put me out of my uncertainty on this subject. The thesis, as I take it, is simply that there is no such thing as falsehood. The man must either speak the truth or say nothing. Is that the gist of it? Yes. Well, if a man may not speak falsely, may he think falsely? No. There's no such thing as false belief? No. So there is no ignorance in the world? For ignorance, if there were such a thing, would be the falsification of facts. That is correct. And this falsification is impossible? Yes. Are you saying this merely in order to be paradoxical, Mr. Sykes, or do you really believe that no one is ignorant? I challenge you to refute me. Is refutation possible if, as you argue, no one can speak falsely? No refutation is possible. And I was not, in fact, challenging you to refute me, since one cannot tell a person to do what is not there to be done. I confess that I do not wholly understand these subtleties, so my next question may be rather naive, but forgive me. You see, if it is not possible to make a false statement or hold a false belief or suffer from ignorance, then there is no such thing as a mistake. A man cannot miss doing what he does. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Well, this is the naive question. 
If we never make mistakes in our actions or speech or thoughts, what on earth have you come here to teach? Didn't you claim earlier to have the best non-specialized morals course in the world? Isn't this rather medieval? Are you proposing to remind us of what we said earlier when you are stuck by what I am saying right now? I suppose you will be quoting John's publications next. Well, your arguments are hard to follow. They are the product of a subtle mind. I'm especially puzzled by one thing. What sense do you give to this word stumped? Do you mean that I cannot refute you? And I am especially puzzled by one thing. Perhaps you could enlighten me. Must I answer before you? Surely. Do you think I ought to? Why not? On what principle? Are we to suppose that in the experience of highly intelligent moral philosophers like yourselves, problems of this sort just never arise? You know intuitively what answers ought to come first, and you know that in this case it ought to be mine. Isn't this a red herring? In any case, since you acknowledge my intelligence, why don't you take my advice? I must, I suppose, since you have the advantage of me. Ask on. Do things which have sense have love? Yes. Do you know of any word which is alive? Certainly not. Then why did you ask me just now what sense I give to my words? Um, because I was stupid and made a mistake. But no, uh, perhaps words do have sense. Would you say I made a mistake? If I did not, then you will not refute me, but my argument will stump you for all your intelligence. But if I did, then you were wrong to claim that mistakes are impossible, a remark which I did not have to extract from your publications. But I'm inclined to think, gentlemen, that this argument has reached an impasse. <clears throat> Even your skill in drawing logical distinctions, which is truly remarkable, has not found a means of overthrowing your opponent without being susceptible yourselves, which is the way it always was. You Englishmen, or Britishers, or whatever you like to call yourselves, simply amaze me. I never thought people could take such a delight in talking nonsense. 